he was saying, he goes, I, I was like amazed. This is what he told me. I was amazed. Like you guys have like 260 podcasts. He goes, I think that's the longest living podcast, especially in our industry ever in the history of martial arts. Hello, Dwayne Grummet here with Allie Alvarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Allie, good to be with you. Uh, Happy New Year, by the way. Yeah, Happy New Year to you as well. It's amazing at how quickly time goes by, and now we're in 2021. It's all uh, a blur now, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you know what? It's kind of funny. Like, whenever a parent says to me, uh, you know, I I don't know if I want to commit to this program, um, I'm like, we only do yearly agreements. You know how quick a year goes by? Like, it's so fast. I can't understand, like, how someone would be nervous. It's literally 12 months, right? And you get the snap of a finger, and, you know, you're done. So I, I, I just – I feel that way about 2020. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but um, it went by like I can't believe we're in, we're in a new decade. Yeah, yeah, a new year, a new decade, exactly. Um, and I, yeah. I want to apologize right up front because I didn't do my timing correct. And uh-huh. uh, I made my coffee, and it's sitting up there. It's I, I just had done – do you – I do um, – I've become more of a coffee snob now. So I, I do oh, yeah. uh, pour-over coffees. <clears throat> I do pour-over coffees. <laughs> and, and, boy, I'll tell you what, uh, you know, I got the whole beaker system and everything. And uh, Wow. Uh, it – there's a there's a taste difference, you know, not only having a Is good there? good um, bean to start with, but then having filtered water and then doing the pour over. It actually tastes different. Really? Yeah. Well, what do you want? Are you leading into you wanting to go get your coffee? I, I am. I, I, I'm going to go get my coffee. <laughs> okay, so go get your coffee. I'll talk filler real quick. I will. I'll talk to the guests right now. So that's no problem at all. We'll see who's online. So go get it quick, and I'll talk to them. Yeah. Yeah, give me like 10 seconds here. Yeah. So, uh, you know, for those of you that are listening, while Dwayne is getting his coffee, right, we're, um, we're talking about the new year and new year's resolutions. But I, I kind of want to – and by the way, Dwayne is away, but he's still hearing what I'm saying, so he'll be in on the conversation. But, um, you know, I kind of find it interesting. Like, I see so many martial artists and, and a variety of posts, you know, some are of the gloom and doom um, and – they're sad and depressed and, and they've been through a lot. And by the way, you know, this past year, probably this coming year, you know, there's going to be a lot of stuff going on that's, that's questionable, right? You know, whether it be politics or the new administration or, you know, COVID and, and shutdowns and, and so on and so forth. But, you know, I, I kind of almost feel bad when I read those posts because even though I know there's tons of sadness, Wayne, good to have you back and, you know, negativity surrounding us 24-7, there's a part of me that almost kind of uh, learned a lot and gained a lot from this past year. And I don't know if it's just me because of the way I set my goals or um, how I run my life, but I mean, I've had a lot, I mean, I have way more positives than negatives, right? Other than if I put all my negatives saying like, oh, I lost 60% of my enrollment, that's a major negative, right? But at the same time, um, I gained so much from it, you know, from being shut down and from reevaluating my life and redoing my bills and 
working with mortgage companies and bill collectors and paying down debt and getting an SBA loan and paying off the majority of my debt. I'm almost literally debt-free other than mortgages. So I was able to take this year and get rid of all my credit card debt, all my small loan debt, literally all of that, and get rid of it, wipe it away. So now my overhead is like probably, and I would say it's probably like a half of what it was, maybe a quarter, because I also made some decisions to sell my real some real estate off and um, condense my schools down. So, I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying that it was, I feel kind of positive about a negative. And I don't know, I feel guilty in a way about that. What, what do you think about that, Dwayne? Yeah, well, I totally agree. I mean, we all reevaluated um, what, what the heck was happening in our lives. And, and it's interesting to think now that, um, you know, come two more months, it'll be a year, right? If we think right. about that. And, right. um, I, I'm right there with you. I reevaluated a ton of stuff. We streamlined a ton of things last year. Um, you know, I I took away uh, some belt ranks. I added some new belt ranks. I and and the re- and long story short, the reason I did some of that was I thought, man, I have two rooms. I have, and you've been in my studio. My yeah, front yeah. room is big, 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 anyways. But my back room is huge. And, right. Um, I thought to myself, well, if this keeps on going, I'm eventually going to just need to, to uh, you know, I'm only going to be able to afford one room. I can't afford two right. rooms. I'm going to have to get rid of that right. second room. So we reevaluated and streamlined things so that we could run everything in the front room. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to have that extra space, but really um, it's not necessary. And it sounds good. I, know, I don't know that I ever did this. I never. I don't know that I ever said, yeah, I've got a 4,400-square-foot studio. You know, I never – I don't right. think I ever really did that, or 4,200, whichever it is. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's in your head, it's nice to think about and go, yeah, I've got a big school, yada, yada, yeah, yeah. yada. Um, and so we really evaluated with those type of things. Um, I have one more year on my lease. Um, so this time next year, if I want to drop that back room, I can drop that back room. And mm-hmm. so I'm still – uh, we, we've streamlined everything that we're running, almost everything in the front room. We really could, but since we have the back room, there's a couple of classes that we have some overflow that we could, you know, use the back room for. So long yeah. story short, reevaluated that, streamlined things with that. Obviously, uh, for me, I introduced the, the health coaching uh, into, into the mix, which is a, a great add-on to my school. Um, I don't know if I told you this, but but December I closed that month um, at a little over thirty two hundred dollars uh, in health coaching, and wow. that's not a lot of my not a lot of my time at all is spent with that, um, right. which is really nice. It's an addition. So we we've, we've been down obviously by losing students because of COVID, and switching to this now. Um, uh, or adding this now has allowed us to bring in more income. I mean, in November, I only did um, uh, eighteen, no, nineteen hundred in November in the health coaching. Okay. And wow. then, you know, not not that I doubled, uh, you know, in uh, in December, but I brought it up. I mean, all the way up to thirty yeah, hundred. Yeah. That's outstanding. Listen, that, you know, like for some people, let's just say you had no overhead, you out of your home and you did health coaching and it was just $3,200 a month, that's, you know, when you're looking at like almost $40,000 a year, um, that's a salary for some person who live, lives and works a, a full-time job and 
works at a company and, and so on. So it's nothing to shake a stick at, as they say, right? You know, and, and by the way, that kind of leads into like our saying, because we're, we're talking about like the new year um, goal setting, you know, um, all of that stuff. And I, I think that a major issue, like, for example, I was talking to a few of my coaching clients over the last few days, and I still have to stress to them, there's like two things that I always constantly talk to my clients about. And one is overhead and, and budgeting. So in other words, like, yeah, my income dropped dramatically, right? But I also made a lot of accommodations so that I didn't have as, as high of an overhead during these tough times, whether it be taking savings and paying off debt or getting a loan, a big loan to pay off a, a bunch of small loans that were costing me, me way more money. Like, for, for instance, I got a um, SBA loan, and it's a 30-year SBA loan, and it was a $105,000 loan from the government with, I think, a 2% interest rate over 30 years. So I paid $551 a month. So I was able to take and compile all, all the credit card debt I had, some small business loan debt I had, some other, other debt that I had that were on, you know, a little small mortgage here and there. And I took like four or $5,000 in monthly overhead and, and paid it off. And I only have a $551 per month payment on that SBA loan. So if you think about using strategy and using mindset and setting goals to do that, I was able to take off, let's just say, $3,500 worth of stress that I had to be in the hamster wheel every day. Normally, I would have lived that lifestyle, churning every day just to pay that number. Um, now I paid it off. I don't have to churn every day to make that number anymore because I've reduced my overhead and my profitability right. enough. Or I could churn every day just like I was because I like to work hard, and now I'm making that much more profit by being sensible about my overhead and my, my stress level. Because, listen, money is the biggest stress in everyone's life. Oh, my gosh. Right? Right. That there's really not – the only other stress is maybe I would think it's relationship stress. It could be, you know, a bad relationship, a, a husband and wife struggling, you know, that divorce. Um, those are or even major uh, stress. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or, you know, yeah, <clears throat> a child and something's going wrong. They're, you know, going down a bad path. But if you think about that money, oh, stress, that's really, yeah. But think about, think about like a good portion of sicknesses and illnesses and stresses come from money problems, right? People don't have what they want or they have too many bills and all they do is work and the dad's not at home and yada, yada, yada. It links a lot back to money. So I think that the most happiest of people are the ones that are, um, successful. And when I say that, I don't mean just making millions. I mean, like, figured out the the strategy to make a lot of money or enough money or be happy and live the lifestyle they want without being stressed over it every day. Right? right. Not going to a job that they hate every day, like going to a cub cubicle that they hate every day. So, I mean, that that's a big thing that I think that this is it, it, nothing other than that. COVID woke a lot of people up. Right there, like, you know, guys, maybe we are living at way above our means. Do we need the, the four cars? You know, do we need, you know, all of this and the motor home and the summer home and, the, you know, that kind of thing? Yep. So, yep. No, I totally agree. So, yeah. And, so, you I know, mean, the other thing along, I would say the other thing no, alongside of that is, you know, not only did we reevaluate re uh, things um, with regards to streamlining some stuff. I, I like you or you like me, I don't know who did it first. It doesn't really matter, but we both raised our price right. in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah. You know, we, we yeah. both raised our prices 
And so now our cost per student that we're getting is higher than what it was, you know, before the pandemic. And you know what? I don't know that I would have done that. Right. Had the pandemic right. not exactly. happened, I don't know that I would have done that. How about you? Um, well, I, I can't say that I wasn't going to. I mean, it's been it's been in the works for a while. Like, I, I raise my prices every, like, four or five years, somewhere around there, and I haven't raised my prices for three or four years, and I'm going, like, listen, I used to be the highest-priced school in town. Now I'm, like, kind of, like, middle to lower because um, all the schools that popped up around me were, like, you know, BJJ schools charging $199 a month, $179, $205, you know, that kind of thing. So I was like, listen, if they're paying it there, which is literally right down the road, there's no reason why they shouldn't be paying a higher price with me. And, you know, people always get upset when, if, you know, if, if they're, even if they're paying $2 for a $6, you know, a loaf of bread um, and you raise it to $2.50, they're going to get mad, right, because they just got raised 50 cents. But they're not saying, oh, my God, in another state they're paying, you know, $6, you know, for bread. So it's about raising it to the level where your existing clients feel comfortable, Um but then again, raising your prices for the new people. And like I, like you probably have experienced, I didn't really have any new people bat an eyelash and go, oh, my God, you're 145 for your basic program? Like, you know, and I uh, I just have, okay, 145, fair price, let's get going, you know, that kind of thing. Yep. So, so you know, we raised our prices, and, and, yeah, it really had another shift in income, too, because, you know, take even if it's a 10 or $15 increase across um, – let's say 100 students, that's $1,500 more a month times 12. That's like fourteen to 15000 in your pocket um, that you're making per year uh, extra that you would have lived without, right? But now you have it for marketing, payroll, whatever, vacations, paying down debt, college funds, et cetera. Yeah. I, and so I, I don't know about you, but uh, – I, I was freaking out at the beginning of it, all of this, and and you know I think we talked about our own freakouts from time to time. You and I both I, were there I for really, each other. Yeah, and I really think at the end of all of this, uh, we will be much smarter uh, entrepreneurs. You know, much smarter school owners uh, from right. here on out. The problem I, I see is is we've got to make sure that we're not going to get complacent again. Um, yeah. And not be okay with the status quo. With okay, yeah, I'm fine making you know grossing twenty five thousand on billing or or yeah. thirty thousand on billing or or twenty thousand on billing, whatever it is. Um, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, listen. Um, there's some very big players in the martial arts. You know, ten schools, fifteen, twenty schools that had to close five or six of their schools down. Now, you know. One of them is a good friend of mine, and he's highly successful. I mean, what a great guy he is. And it, it played a major part because there's an emotional attachment to, and I want to use the word failure, right, because uh, in Japan it's different. Failure is not a bad thing. Failure is a good thing. You know, they, they look at a failure as a step to success. You've got to fail in order to succeed or else you're not trying, right? So, um, you, know, it, it's a, you know, he had a hard time, and, and now he's, back focused on positivity and, you know, and so on and so forth. So we all have to look at all the things that we've gone through, whether we lost students. And by the way, the people that stuck with me and also stuck with you, Dwayne, too, I, I know that we have a much more intimate and closer relationship. I got to see the people that were surface supporters and real supporters, like people that really were there for the dojo. They love it. They, they 
they enjoy it, they believe in it, their kids, you know, like it, you know. So I got to see that, and I found that I, I had a much more, uh, or I developed a much more intimate, closer friend, friendship and relationship with these people. Like, this is the year I haven't gotten Christmas presents in a long time. Like, I rarely get a Christmas card, right, you know, and I'm always saying to myself, like, geez, like, why wouldn't, I used to, back in 19, my Christmas tree, I still have the ornaments on my tree, 1995 to 2000, I have, like, best sensei, the, you know, all these Christmas ornaments all over my tree, and then it kind of seemed to right. stop. I was blown away, like, well, why did it stop? And it really kind of correlated with me extricating and pulling myself out and having other instructors teach, um, and I became, like, a figurehead, but not really the guy, right? I wasn't the teacher as much anymore. I was the owner, the head instructor. Um, but so now it's a, I've gotten, like this year, there wasn't a ton, but I got like, you know, 15, 20 gifts and a lot of cards. And, and it seemed to me that people were very, very interested in being a part of what we would consider our family, you know, our ninja clan, our, you know, our culture. And um, that was another great thing that came out of it that, that was so, so important to us. Well, you got more gifts than I did, so... <laughs> <clears throat> My my friend said, I used to get tons of gifts. Now I got five. He goes, well, that's just five less. You know, that's only five thank you cards I got to send out. Um, so he was happy about that. that. True. But but um but you know what though? So there were a lot of positives. So so but I know this is about goal setting for those people that do tune in, and they're a part of what we do. Um, you know, so do you want to just like throw out some ideas? Like, what are some of the things that you're looking to the future for? You know, this year, 2021. Um, and uh, what are you doing differently? What are you doing more of? What are, you know, just give us a little bit of an insight on, on your motivations. Uh, well, that, yeah, I didn't talk to you about this, but I think it might be a good idea. And if you say no on air, then it's going to look bad between us. <laughs> okay, go ahead. What is it? All right. Well, I think that, um, I would like to – I'm doing this, but I'd like to motivate uh, uh, us, you and I, and then any of the listeners that would like to do it. And I sent you this book for Christmas, right? Yep. Okay. I don't know if you've gotten into it yet. But my thought was yet. this. Okay. My thought was, why don't we do a book a month? I'm not talking about this needs to be the book of the month club. That's not what I'm trying to turn this podcast into. Right. But why don't we do a book of the a book each month, and then maybe at the beginning of the the following month, so in February, we would devote one podcast to that book and what we picked out of it and the action steps that we're going to do. Right, I like it. That's what I'd like to do this year, um, you know, for us and for our listeners. And so I, in the comment section, this is going to be the book that we'll do then for January. It's called Who, Not How, Dan Sullivan and, and uh, um, uh, Ben uh, Hardy is, is the other author, is the author. And the premise of this book is the fact that sometimes, or all the time, really, we ask ourselves the wrong question. We ask ourselves, how are we going to do this rather than who can do this? And it's not necessarily right. about outsourcing or delegating, um, although that is a um, an option. But anyways, I'd like to uh, I'll put the I'll put it in the link for everybody. But I'd like to challenge our listeners to get that book 
and uh, read it in the next three weeks. Take your notes, and then let's talk about it um, on on our, our first call in February. So our first call in February would actually be uh, Wednesday, February 3rd. And so that's what I'd like to do. And then between now and then, you know, if you have another book uh, that you'd like to come up with for February, that'd be great. And of course, we'll take yeah. suggestions from people. Um, you know, and even if it's one that we've done before, you know, I know that you and I have done different books before. Uh, if we want to revisit something, I'm not opposed to going back and, and, you know, I don't want to read Think and Grow Rich again, I don't think. Um, right. Uh, you know, <laughs> but I mean, I would if you want to, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, so I definitely love that idea. And, you know, it's kind of funny because I'm thinking like, oh, my God, so Dwayne wants to quit doing the podcast. Like, well, all right, that's. No, like the way it sounded, you were going to hit me with a, a, a super po- a negative on the air. Um, but, uh, you know, the, that's good that if you just wanted to do a book of the month. I like that. Um, but, but, yeah, you know, you and I are always recommending books. And, and in fact, um, if we want to, uh, this will be our book of the month for this month. Next month I have a really great book and a great person that we could interview, the author of the book, and his name is Solomon Brenner. And um, he wrote the book Black Belt Parenting, which I actually had used to buy boxes of them and give them out to all the new parents that come to my school um, as a gift when they join my school. Here's a great book if you like to read, you know, only if you like to read. I don't want to waste it if I'm going to give it to you and it's going to sit on the coffee table right. and do nothing. Um, but uh, I love that. In fact, one of my coaching clients, uh, he just asked me, he said, can you give me any books to read this year? And, uh, oh, gosh. On my, and didn't on, you say, on my, did, I did. Uh, I, never I'm, I'm the looking difference. for yours. Well, no, actually, I was looking for yours. I was going to say, well, oh. why, don't, why don't they read the, you know, your book? Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I just had a guy this morning, though, from the U.K. actually just text message me and say that he wanted to buy my book, Where Can He Get a Digital Copy? And I said, on Amazon, um, which is a Martial Art Business 101. But um, this is an, yeah, I'm having a studio. Yeah. Well, no, I have. Uh, well, yeah. yeah. Thank you. To. That's my other one as well. Um, but but yeah. So anyway, I, I think that that would be another great book to read too. But so anyway, this client of mine asked me, said, "What books have you read?" And on my my AliAlberigo.com, it's like a little personal website that I have. There's a section that I have books read. And the, the reason why I want to bring this up is because um, I started in like 1998. And it went all the way through to 2005. And every year I'd read 22 books, 30 books, 25 books. And I'd write the books and I'd do book reviews. But it's kind of funny now that I went back, I said this to my client, go back and look at all the books that I read and pick a few from there. Um, he said, uh, it's interesting at uh, where your mindset was each year. And you could see my spiritual growth, my physical growth, my techno- technology growth, you know, books on the Dalai Lama and different monks and, and meditation and spirituality versus, and, and each year where my, my growth was stemmed from the books that I read. So my point is that if you put this stuff in your head, it's going to develop you into a different person who you are. Yep. Yeah. And that's neat. Right. You have that record too, that you can actually see, you know, where you, where you, uh, you know, where you were at each of those stages. And yeah, it's really interesting. If you go and look at it, it's on my com. You'll be like, oh, wow, that's kind of cool. Like, oh, business this, retention that, you know, customer service this, you know, and you can see the segments of time without that year that I focused on those things. There was one year that I was nothing but fluff, um, you know, 
Harry Potter, you know, Aragon, you know, all the Charlene Harris True Blood series. Like, that's all I read. Like, I was trying to escape that year, like, just get away from all the stresses, and I used books as a way to do it. Um, pretty interesting, right? So pretty cool. Um, so I like, I like your idea. Great job. Yeah, so, so that's, uh, that, that's one of my New Year's resolutions is, is, a, is a book a month. And uh, now that we're going to make it a part of the podcast, it's going to force me, right? See, so that's another thing that I decided to do is I got to, I got to force myself to do some things, and that's that's one of them. Yeah. That's the way that I'm going to do it. Because um, I don't want you to make me look bad on air uh, when when I don't know the book if I didn't read it, right? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, we would be like it would be like I watched Friends recently, an episode of Friends where. Um, I think it's Rachel, and she was at a book, like a college course, and they kept asking her what the book was about. So Phoebe kept telling her these fake stories about the book or what it was about, and she would tell the professor it. And um, he'd give her high grades because he thought if she was just being out of the box and thinking out of the box, and really she never read the book at all. So yeah. <laughs> we'll have a fun time, so that'll be great. Um so, so my, other, my other thing is, yeah. I'm going to say real quickly, my other resolution is that uh, it's twofold. One, with the health coaching that I'm doing, um, I want to get to, by the end of the year, I want to be at, at 12000 a month for health coaching. Awesome. <clears throat> All right. And, and, and alongside of that, um, I, want to, uh, I want to help five school owners put health coaching into their business as well. Um, I think that's a good manageable number that I can help them and train them and, you know, teach them how to uh, do what I'm doing. But if, if like, so, for instance, if you think about it, last month or, or um, November, I was almost 2,000. And then, okay. you know, come December, I was another 1,200 more. So if I just keep that up by the end of the year, I, I you know, I, I'll have no problem being at twelve thousand a month, and and what that's going to do for me is that's going to that's a hundred thousand dollar business a year, just in and yeah. of itself. Yeah. So you know what I'm saying, and what that yeah, that's, you know, what and going to allow me to do is that's going to allow me to obviously pay down uh, any debt that I have, um, I, and the only debt that I have is my my home and my cars, uh, and then a college right. loan from uh, one of our kids, mm-hmm. and then uh, the other the other thing is that. I I I want my I want to pay my instructor more, you know. I, I want right. Mr. Bean to make more money, and so if I can take less money from the studio and more money from you know the health coaching, that's just going to help him out as well. Right. Yeah, I love that. So, I think that that's a great great goal. Um, so that's that was going to lead into another question that I had for you too. It's like so okay so. Um, combining overhead and knowing your expenses because that's how you could set up an idea of what you need to make and how much you're going to make and then set set some plans in action to make more um, so that you could do whatever you want with it, whether it be put it in a retirement fund or teach less so you teach it, you pay an instructor more. Um, whatever the case may be, that goal setting is, is imperative on, on getting things done. And I think that that's what I would recommend to school owners is you learn to do goal setting and time management. And some people might be saying, oh, I already know how to do that. Dwayne, I can't tell you how many people I talk to that have no clue. Like they don't know how to write a list and how to break it down into what we call a map, a massive action plan, and how to set goals and prioritize them. So basically they're in what we call that hamster wheel all day long, running as fast as they can, working hard, working and doing things, not necessarily 
doing the right things to propel their business forward, but doing things that they think may be right at the moment, and then eventually getting off the hamster wheel, going home, taking you know, going to sleep, eating dinner, and doing it all again the next day. So I, I just had a coaching session with one of my clients yesterday where I sat down and we broke out all the four most important things that they need to do right away, January, now, and um, we gave it a massive action plan, a step-by-step process on how to get it done. So I think that we have to be clear on setting our goals, what we want to achieve. So what do you want? More money, more students, more freedom, and, and how do you get it? You know, and how, what are the steps you're going to take, systematic steps um, to be organized and making sure that you reach those goals? Like simple little things. I, I call it time slicing. You're really good at that. You're, you know, you know what you segment time. You say, listen, I'm not going to be on my phone. I'm not going to answer emails until this time. I'm going to focus on this, on this day and that day. Um, and I think that a lot of people would benefit from that. Do you have any insight on, on that, on how you do it? I know I have a system that I follow. What do you do? Yeah, well, one is uh, you call it time slicing. I call it time blocking. But, you know, okay. you, you just got to make an appointment with yourself. So if you have, an, uh, you, if you have a task that needs to be done, you got to make an appointment with yourself. And nothing comes up during that appointment, you know. Um, if somebody's texting you, unless it's, like, for me, unless it was my wife or my kids, I'm not going to respond to that text, right? Right. Um, I'm just going to wait until the, 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 the time is up. Um, so that's, that's okay. one thing is, is, you know, when you have a – so for me, Tuesdays and Thursdays, in the mornings are my, my productive times. And what I mean by that is usually from 8 to noon, it's whatever I need to accomplish during that week. Um, it could be building a system. It could be, uh, you know, uh, uh, updating a, uh, um, uh, an automation or creating a new automation. It could be uh, creating a new marketing idea or plan or the verbiage that needs to go with it, you know, like coming up with a headline or whatever it is. Um, those are my, my real, real productive times. Those are my backstage times, okay. if you will. That's when I'm working on, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm working, you know, on the business, not in the business. Right. Uh, and, and I think that's a, a thing that has to be established where, you know, from, let's say, 3.30 to 9 o'clock at night, that's on, on stage time, right? Mm-hmm. You're on the stage, you're on the floor, and you're doing your performance, and no backstage work or hardly any backstage work is going to get done during right. during that time. Unless you have an employee that's working a desk in, you know, the office and, and they can get some of that done. But even that is interrupted because, you know, how many times I, – I don't have this as much as I had before, but when I had a program director, there would be parents that would stand at the door and just talk to that program director and she would get yeah. nothing done. Yeah. But they don't do that with me. They'll talk to me for right. a little bit, and I don't know if it's right. I give the air of okay, our conversation's done. I got to get back to this or what. Yeah. But you know, so even if you have somebody in the office, doesn't mean they're going to get all of the backstage stuff done that they need to. Uh, so defining, I think, one your backstage time, your on stage time, those two are are vitally important. And then right. blocking out time for yourself to get the necessary things that need to be done. You know, uh, you you came up with this years ago, and I still think it is uh, pertinent, which is the DNA. 
um, right. the daily necessary activities of your school. If you have never yeah. gone through and go, okay, what are the daily necessary activities that need to be done? Right. Uh, I, I think this is golden for school. So what does that mean? Soon as you start your Monday, you got a pad, of, you know, you got a pad with you, right? And you start writing down everything that needs to be done on Monday. And, 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 and then by the end of the day, you got a list of everything that had to be done on a Monday. Mm-hmm. The caveat to that, I would say, is then go back and go, okay, start assigning two different things. One, priorities to those. So priority one means it has to be done. It cannot be ignored at all. Priority two right. is, you know, it's it, it 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 should be done, but you're not your business isn't gonna die if it if it doesn't happen. And then priority right. three is like that really could wait, but we do get it done on Mondays. Right. Then so not only label that, also then label who's responsible for those tasks. It doesn't always have to be you as the school owner. Now, if right. if you whether you're responsible or whether somebody else is then responsible, then you go back and you decide: um, is this something that can be automated, or outsourced, or delegated? Right. And if it can be automated, then you need to spend the time making that automation so you never have to touch it or hardly ever have to touch it again. If it can be right. delegated, then you need to come up with a uh, a training system on how to train somebody else to do it. Yeah. Does that, does that make sense? Well, it totally makes sense to me, and it's bringing back memories of all the things that I would do, you know, in my DNA and teach my clients to do as well. And then if it's going to be delegated, then you have to come up with a tracking system to know that it's getting done, that it's actually right. being completed. So that yeah. you, as the manager, owner of the of the facility, know that it's getting done by X person, whether that's a you know uh, uh, a W two employee or a ten ninety nine employee, or even right. your system that's being you paid paid for. You know whether it's Spark, right. like we use Spark for a lot of different automations, um, in a lot of different tasks. And so then, once you do Monday, you do Tuesday. And you go through your whole week. There is a lot of front-end work that you will do to do this. But once you do it, oh, my gosh, the freedom that comes along with it, there are things that when you go back and do it, like you've never – number one, if you've never done it before, when you go and do it, you're going to go, man, why am I doing this? Because that's another question you need to ask yourself. Is this even a task that needs to be done? Like, yeah. is it even worth this anymore? Because sometimes it is, and, and that, and by the way, that's a big question. Because I think some of the stuff on the DNA, I, I no longer even feel that it's worthy of, of even the time and attention. Um, so that's, uh, you know, and that's kind of interesting. You know, um, Spark has replaced a lot of everything that you and I use on program managers and tasks to be done because we have automated a lot of the systems, right? So what a, a program manager would normally be doing, calling them on the phone, you know, trying to email them. Now Spark automatically does that, sends them text messages. But, uh, and let me let me correct that. They don't automatically do it. You have to set it up in an automation to be done. 
So um, not all the schools that are utilizing Spark are utilizing the power of the software. Um, so when I do my coaching, I teach them what to do so that they can have those DNA you know, quality systems in place. But you know what? When I do coaching, a lot of times I'll ask them, did you do your posts on social media this week? Oh, yeah, we've been a little bit lax on that. Well, how could you be lax on that? That's part of where you're going to get new students. And why are you asking me how to get new students when I gave you five things to do and you're lax on doing it? You're not doing it. So that's what the DNA did. It reminded you on, and by the way, not every task is done every single day. So you might just do social media posting Monday, Wednesday, Friday from 12 to 1230. That's it. Maybe from 1130 to 1230, research what you're going to do. Or on a Friday, put all your material together and schedule posts so they come out Monday, Wednesday, Friday. It's really all about time management and organization. And by the way, time slicing is a, is a thing that I looked at <clears throat> when I taught my kids. It's like taking a, an entire slice of pie of pizza and trying to eat it without cutting it into small sections. So um, time slicing is about really taking a task and breaking it out over the course of a period of time. So it's not this one big pie that you're trying to manage and eat. It's one little thin slice, and then you do that maybe two or three days a week, and then you get, you know, most of the pie done. So I, I think that school owners are missing out on that. So I think that a big thing for them for 2021 is evaluation of your systems, evaluating what you're doing, evaluate how you do it, who does it, and then systemize it so that it's going to get done consistently and regularly without being missed. That's, that's one of my points. Yeah, and then I think the next thing is if you – uh, this has to do with a system, but if you don't already have a the ability to, or you're not tracking this, you need to track different steps. Mm -hmm. They have to be a must in your business. Um, in fact, back back in December, December 23rd of 2017, we did a podcast called Four Stats You Need to Grow." Uh, you need to know in, in, uh, uh, to grow in 2018. It's still right. relevant. Those four stats will never, ever, ever change for a yeah. martial arts school owner. So go to schoolownertalk.com. Look up uh, just, you know, at the very top, there's a little icon for searching. And just type in the word stats. That's it. And awesome. you're going to get a couple of, couple of ones. One is you're going to get that one that I spoke about. Two, another one that we did in November of 2017 is measuring stats and why they matter. Um, you might even you might even want to listen to that one first because you need to know why they matter before you find out before that you have to do in order to grow your business. Now, there's yeah, more yeah, than yeah. four stats that you should be keeping. But if you're not going to keep anything but those four, I would just say got to do those four. Have to. Right. Right. Um, so I would – I it's – it's really difficult to grow your business when you don't know what the heck is happening inside of it. Right. Um, and then I was going to say quickly with regards to, you know, time management, you know that I don't call it time management. I call it action management um, because yeah. you can't manage time. You can only manage your action in that time. Right. And so, and I'm not trying to sound smarter than you. It's just a different uh, paradigm, right? Paradigm yeah, that I have. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but um, I think on top of that, too, it's really difficult for us to, or it's not, unless we know what we want, we're not going to be willing to then 
organize our actions to get the results that we want. Right. And so when I say, hey, block out time to make this happen, and then you let something else overlap on that time or supersede that time, what that tells me is um, you're not focused or you're not sure on what it is that you want. And so, therefore, anything else will be allowed in. It's kind of like we've all gone through this, right, where we get on somebody's email list, and they're really good at marketing to us, and and they should be. Mm-hmm. And the, and what do we do? We read it every day, and and we click on it, and then we buy it, and then we do nothing with it. And then we read the next one, we click on it, we buy it, we do nothing with it. Uh, right. Part part of the reason why that's happening is because we're not sure what we want, and we're just going to go buy all the different ammo that's out there, and then try to load it in a gun and shoot it at a target that we don't have. Right, right. And the problem with that is, you know, a specific gun generally takes a specific ammo. You can't just jam anything in there. So there's your first problem is you're grabbing a whole bunch of ammunition and putting it in a weapon that it's not designed for. And then you're trying to hit a target that you don't have. Does that make sense? Totally, without a doubt. It's like that old saying, shooting an arrow in the air, hoping it's going to hit the target without even knowing where the target is, you know, like that, or just shooting it in the air and hoping for the best. And, it, you know, look, if you're if you're a, uh, uh, what is it, the uh, gladiator, and you have a 1,000 gladiators, and all 1,000 of you are shooting that, each of you shoot an arrow up at the same time, yeah, you're all bound to hit something, you know. <laughs> but that's right, not what exactly. we're talking about. Right, Exactly. So, so yeah, I would so just listen, encourage I, those type of things. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, hey, listen, we could probably be more specific. Number one, two, three, four, five. Um, and, and it's funny, the other day, Dwayne, someone reached out to me. I think I was talking to a guy that we may interview. He runs a marketing firm, jujitsu firm, um, and uh, we were chatting the other day. You and I, you recommended him that him and I talk. I think you remember who it is. And we'll mention his name later when we figure out how we're going to work together. Um, but, uh, he was saying, he goes, I, I was, like, amazed. This is what he told me. I was amazed. Like, you guys have, like, 260 podcasts. He goes, I think that's the longest living podcast, especially in our industry ever in the history of martial arts, that our podcast is longer than anyone, and we've been doing it, and so much material. So, like, people could, like, like you said, go into the top and just search retention ideas and boom come up with a podcast or two with tons of ideas that we've shared in the past and and we're full of it right and i think though that a lot of times people are looking for specific step-by-step action steps so um if we were to give them an action step now my recommendation would be number one is learning what tasks or figuring out what tasks are important to you that you're doing right now (laughs) so there's only and the four stats probably I would guess that we talked about were new students, retention of old students, you know, retail, you know, things like that. So these are stats or you want to, you know, new students and retention. Retention, what does retention mean? Like are they attending? How are you communicating? So there are things that we need to do, and I think that it's about learning what you're doing right now and then, and then figuring out if you're doing it well. Like another one of my clients, they, they sent out this really great automation um, to all their prospects for the new year. When him and I reviewed it two weeks ago, 
he didn't tag it correctly, so he had assumed that it went out, and it never launched. So he's like, right. holy crap, all that time, all that effort. No wonder why it didn't work, right? Because it never got sent out. So sometimes, like, looking at what you're doing and analyzing and saying, am I just spinning my wheel? This is, and believe me, I've done this to my staff. Check this box, do that, make sure, like, I had a stat for everything, a system for everything. And my program managers were inundated. So I should have just kept them focused on new students and retention of old students. That's it. That's really where their value was. That's what made, the, the you know, the, the most sense for the school. Um, but I had them doing other things and stamping envelopes and doing mailers and other junk that I could have given to someone else. So um, anyway, long story short, what are you doing and what are you doing right? And if, can you improve it? That's the number one thing to figure out right now. Don't wait till next month. Don't wait until February and March. Evaluate now. Like, look at who you are now, right, and check that out. I agree. And uh, just be honest with yourself. That's, you know, I, yeah. I don't know about you. I, I look at it like, really, I got to sit down and I got to write all this out. Like, I got to take the time and go, okay, this is an action step that I take. All right, this is an action step, step that I take. I, but it, it is it is the only way to be 100% honest with yourself. I know that normally, I don't know if you still do this, but I know that you've done this in the past with, with your coaching clients, is you would tell them to write out everything that you do throughout the week, and then let's review yeah. it on our next call. And, yeah. you know, you tell the story about a guy that I don't know how many hours – hours he was like playing 60. guitar 60 hours 60 a week. hours no wonder yeah. his school sucked right yeah and he brought his guitar from his house to his school so he and by the way he wanted to be a rock star most of us do i lived that lifestyle for a long period of time i know how addicting it could be you know um but uh but yeah when you get into something whether it be video gaming or even facebook right like i have i have a, another client that he goes, I spend way too much time in the bathroom. And I'm like, you should change your diet maybe. You know, he's like, no, once I get in there, it's my relaxation time. I'm on, I'm on YouTube videos. I'm like, who the heck wants to sit half naked on a, on a toilet? I mean, go quick and get out of the bathroom and then go sit on your couch. Like, he's like, no, this is my quiet time. I'm like, dude, you don't need to do that. You got to get rid of that phone. Don't bring it in the bathroom with you. Do your business. I can and get see that out. if he's got 12 kids or something. I mean, that might be a different right. story, but. I, exactly. But but my, my point is sometimes we get caught up in these little pitfalls, these traps of time where we have a habit, you know, of, you know, doing something for whatever period of time, you know, whatever it is. So we got to just analyze what we're doing. And by the way, that task, that one task, if I could challenge our, our listeners to do, um, it's a, a very difficult task. I mean, so from the minute you wake up, you need to have a pad in hand. And you do your first thing, like maybe go to the bathroom, brush your teeth, or you go make your coffee. You write down, 9 a.m., I woke up to 9.20, prepared my morning, drank my coffee. You know, the next thing, 9.20 to 9.40, I sat at my computer. Well, what did you do? Oh, I was on Facebook for two hours. You know, like, so you write that down. And then you got to look at the production of your day. Like, how much, and then I asked him, by the way, Dwayne, I actually drill it down. And I say, okay, after you've done a whole week of, of journaling, I want you to now go back with three different highlighters and write down yellow is for busy, mundane stuff that you just have to do. Brush your teeth, go to the bathroom, do your hair. Green is for, like, growth of your business and marketing, right? Or maybe red is about management. And you put different categories throughout the week. You color it and see how much are you really focusing on your business, how much are you actually doing to succeed. 
And by the way, I love time management stuff because it actually made me better at having more time to relax with my family. Because if I could get something done quickly and efficiently, I have more, I could either take that time that I save and do other business stuff, or I could take that time and relax. And that, that's kind of like the concept, which I've never read the book, The Four Hour Work Week, I think, or something like that. You've never read that? No. Is it good? Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah, it totally is. Okay. Maybe that's, that's going to be in our book club. I, I was, that was one of, uh, you remember Dion? What's that? Do you remember Dion? Yeah. That was one of the biggest things that I think changed his uh, outlook and uh, was the four-hour work week. I mean, right after wow. that, he got a, uh, a, a virtual um, assistant in the Philippines um, because he got his virtual assistant before I got mine. And, wow. uh, and And so, you know, he outsourced a lot of stuff. I mean, he doesn't check email. She does all that email checking and, and, and yeah. but – yeah, and then he's, he grew uh, from one school to eight schools, um, you know, within a 10-year, 12-year period, whatever it was, and uh, then he's since sold his schools. And, uh, um, I mean, he manages uh, the marketing for the schools, and there's some other things that he does, but, I mean, he, he no longer owns the schools. But wow. I'm sure he made a ton of money, uh, you know, doing that, and he sold them. I don't know, maybe a year, year and a half ago. I mean, before before the pandemic. Wow, that's great. Good for him. Yeah, hey, listen, I also have some friends that are opening schools. Like, I know they're opening right now, still opening schools, because they, they have a very good plan of action. You know, it follows that three-step philosophy, you know, low overhead, high income, high quality. So, like, if you have low overhead, you know, even if your enrollment is down, you could still make a huge profit in your school, especially if you're, like, a one-man operation or, you know, it's just you and a chief instructor and you don't have a huge organization to support. I mean, if you make a hundred grand a year, what's that? You realize you realize you can't say one-man operation, right? Right, yeah, one-person operation. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. You're right. You get in trouble for that. I just, although I have to say, and I'm not trying to stir up something, I don't even know if this is just social media bullcrap, but I think they just started a restaurant that is a black-only restaurant that only black people are allowed to go to. And I think I really one of the states. I don't know. I'm not sure, but I don't know. I didn't think that that would be legal. I, I thought that that would be discriminatory. Well, you have black um, colleges. All black, no no one else is allowed in, I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, I just find that to be so confusing when we're trying to create um, unity versus division. Um, but anyway, well, how about I digress. This? How about this? Well, no, let's, let's digress a little bit more. How about this? What if I identify? Right. Exactly. Well, I, well, what if I identify as, you know, or if I do the DNA test and I have 1%? Which I do, actually. In my, in that my, would be african yeah, I actually have uh, a lot of uh, percentages in my DNA of African-American de descendants. You're going to have to prove so, uh, it to me because I don't believe you. Well, I'd have to show you the <laughs> DNA, the DNA report. That's the only proof I have. But, uh, hey, hey uh, so so back to uh, and leaving it, we're almost out of time. Um, I think that statistically people tend to do what's easiest for them, what's their – their most comfortable activity. So in other words, like 
um, one of my clients doesn't like to go out and get new business. He doesn't like to reach out to people coldly and uh, market in that fashion. Yet that's where the, the most of his business is drummed up. So I'm like, we got to overcome that. There's only two ways to overcome that. Number one, he gets better at it and gets used to it and starts doing it more. Or he hires someone that could do it for him. So if he's at a catch-22 in a quandary where he doesn't have the money to hire someone, then um, then that's okay. Um, uh, but if he, ha- he has to come up with a way to get it done, right? So you can't be like, I don't like to go in the water, but I'm a scuba diver instructor. Like, I right. mean, you can own a scuba company. You have to hire instructors. If you can't afford to hire instructors, you better get over your fear of the water, right? Or you need to be in a different business. So um, you can't be like, go ahead, go out. Let me know when, how you doing. Just raise your hand out of the water every time you go under to make sure you're okay. So you got to really start to look at your faults. Be, and you said it before, be honest, man. Like just – who can, and, Dwayne, I have to tell you, I'll admit to this on air. Like, it, it bought, when I was closing and selling my school, not closing my school, selling my headquarters building, for years I had this next-door neighbor who would always be like, hey, Al, you going to sell me your building? I'm like, give me my magic number, man. And they're like, uh, nah, it's not worth that. You know, it's not worth that. I'm like, okay, then I'm, why would I sell it? I have a very a flourishing business that's making me money every single month. Um, so finally, you know, COVID hit, and we were only teaching out of one location, um, didn't make sense to teach out of two. And he says, hey, I notice you're not here that much. You want to sell your building? I'm like, give me the magic number. And he's like, I'll, I'll do it. And I'm like, okay. Like it was a very easy decision to sell the building because I got this crazy number that I only wished for, right? Like, and, and they were willing right. to do it. And they did it quickly. And I don't know, maybe now I, I second-guess myself, should I ask for more? Um, but, uh, but listen, I'm happy and there's no stress in my life. But here's the thing, though. One thing I wanted to say I struggled with that identity. Like, I didn't – I told Nicole, um, I don't want people to say – and I've had – I got, like, free hate mails uh, that people were like, I'm glad to see you finally failed. You deserved it. You know, like that. I had some people going, like, it's so good. To, you know, Ali is on his high horse, is being knocked off his high horse. And I wanted to just email him back and say no, but I hit delete. But there was a few haters that probably – one of them was a student that I kicked out of the school – um, for having getting caught with neo-Nazi paraphernalia. And I'm like, I can't have you as a student, you know, that kind of guy. And after 14 years, he still hates my guts. Um, but uh, anyway, long story short, there was a lot of ego attached to that, right? So that was a poor, I said to Nicole, I don't want people to think that I failed and that's why we closed. I don't want them to think that we weren't a success. Um, but uh, then I had to let go of that. I had to do what was right. I had to do what was good for well, me. It wouldn't uh, matter what you, yeah, but it wouldn't matter what you posted about it. You know, it could be, yeah, exactly. I sold it for double what it's worth, but nobody, the people that wanted to hate you are going to believe that that's not true. Anymore. Exactly. So, and, I, and I didn't even tell anyone, I didn't talk about the sale. I just said, and, and by the way, I just said, I, I decided to, to move into one location, which I did. And I wanted to have everybody so I could be with my main instructor, him and I together running the show. And dude, let me tell you, this is why when you always say, I want to open up a second, third location. I'm like, now my life is back to being stressless. Like, if, if I can't make it in, Ryan, Ryan is there. If he has a date, I'm not feeling well. Can I take the day off? Sure, I'm going to be there. It's, like, so easy. We're both there talking. We used to have to schedule a meeting to sit down and talk. Now we see each other every day. Our relationship is becoming closer as well. So there's so many benefits to having that one location. And now we're just going to keep on building enrollment and have it crazy busy there and, um, that's it. And then be a success. Again, low stress, low overhead, high profit, and uh, high quality, right? 
Um, so that's, that's my exactly. goal for, for my year. So anyway, that's my thoughts. What do you think? Just want to close it up? Yeah. So I just want to look, if you got on this uh, now, I would tell you go back and listen to the beginning because there was a lot of information uh, in the beginning. Uh, maybe the first 10 minutes you could fast forward through uh, just because we kind of well, maybe not even 10 minutes, maybe five minutes. But, you know, anyways, a lot of information, a lot of New Year's resolutions, if you will. We called it New Year's resolutions just because it's the new year. But it's just it's really getting down to brass tacks with your with your business and looking at it like a yeah. business, treating it like a business, and then being able to move forward. Because when you build your business like it's supposed to be, you will you – will, um, you will gain the financial freedom and also the time freedom, the stress freedom that you need in order to live your life. Um, we also decided, well, I, I told you you should go in and listen to at least two podcasts that we did uh, three years ago. Yeah. Just uh, type in the word stats inside of the, um, uh, the search bar in schoolowner.talk.com. The first one you probably want to listen to first is measuring stats and why they matter. And then the second one is the four stats that you need to know to grow in 2018. Even though it says 2018, you can substitute that for 2021 definitely because those four stats right. are not going to change. The other thing yeah. that we, Allie and I talked about, the fact that um, you need to go through and start writing down your day, write down everything that you do. Um, yeah. And then, like I said, go through and decide, you know, if that's an action that needs to be kept or not. Um, decide if that's an action that is a priority, it has to be done that day, uh, can wait a day, or, you know, really is fluff. Um, and I just said kind of measure them out one, two, and three based upon importance. And then I would go back, like I had said, and, and put in there, um, you know, is this something that I have to do? Can I make a system that is automated right. or can I delegate, can I delegate this to somebody else? Um, and there was more things that we talked about inside of there, but, 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 so you'll have to go back and listen to it. I'm not going to rehash everything. And then the other yeah, thing yeah. is we talked about, we're doing a book of the month. All right. This is, uh, Dan Sullivan's book, Who Not How. Yeah. Uh, I put it in the, uh, in the comments there. Get that book because on our podcast, the very first podcast in February, February 3rd, we will, um, go over the book, uh, the, uh, the notes that we took based upon the book, also the action steps that we are going to yeah. take based upon that book as well. And then, you know, at that time, maybe uh, maybe the podcast before or something. Uh, no, you know what? On that podcast, let's give them the next book that we're going to do. Let's, let's just keep it that way. Okay, cool. And I just posted a great interview um, that I listened to on the Franklin Covey, which, by the way, is the time management system that I use to organize my day in my Franklin Covey planner. I still have a paper planner, which I'm supposed to get refills today. I've been like four days without refills and I'm lost. I'm like writing it down uh. on paper. And, uh, yeah, so, but I had, um, I discovered a whole entire resource on the Franklin Covey website and there was this interview with Matthew McConaughey. Um, and uh, yeah. it was really, really good. You know, he's kind of an odd cookie, but when you hear him on this interview, man, oh man, is he a sharp, sharp person. You know, he seems like this hippie surfer kind of dude, but he's like, and he's got some really great spiritual insight on focusing on you. Like, you know, he says you could, he, it's at one point, and we'll, I'll quickly tell you, he was like having a hard time getting parts for a movie, and then he wanted to go away with his friends on this big motorcycle trip, but he had no money. Um, and he talked about how that, he took the leap of faith to just go on that trip to enjoy life, and how he came back 
with this new sense of understanding about life. And then he aced like, like movie after movie after audition where he started getting offers in the mail before he even auditioned. He didn't even have to audition. So it was, um, it was a big pinnacle point in his life where he changed the way he thought about putting out there, you know, the spontaneous fulfillment of desire of wanting something and it coming to him. So check out that resource. It's pretty cool. Now, you might like it, Dwayne. I think you'd probably like that interview. Very spiritual. Oh, I like it. Awesome. Cool, dude. So we're on for next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Yeah, and thanks I to our to sponsor. At the end. Yeah, I was going to say go that. Yeah, so thanks to our yeah, sponsors, go ahead, obviously Spark Membership Software. Uh, Lead Hunter Media with uh, Gus Lopez. He's the one that gets us all of our Facebook uh, leads. I don't know about you, but uh, I just did a post. Um, I don't know if you saw that in our group. So I did see it. Yeah, so 43 leads uh, uh, from the web. And we had, I forget how many, 28 trials and then 13 signups for December. That's awesome. Yeah, in January coming in, I had people that were signing up for the week that we were off for this week, and we already have had eight trials. That, And when I say trials, they're in a one-month free membership now going through the process, and they're absolutely loving it. So it's exciting to see that even during this questionable time. Yeah, last night we had seven seven appointments for our three- and four-year-olds. We had six appointments for our five- and six-year-olds. And then our seven and up, we had six appointments. Now, that being said, we had two of the uh, three- and four-year-olds do, uh, do a no-show. We had one of the five- and six-year-olds do a no-show, and we had one of the uh, seven and up do a no-show. Um, and I think one of them out of all four or five, whichever it was that I just said, uh, have already rescheduled just because of That's our awesome. Spark system because we mark them no-show and then Spark takes care of it. That's awesome, dude. Absolutely. So, and um, then all let's right, very not cool. forget about the most important. The most important sponsor is Elite Insights. You need your site, right? Everybody needs a website, a a producing website. So you need to go to Ali Alvarigo's in eliteinsight.com, eliteinsight.com. We did get a few people over the break that signed up with us, and they've had other big players that were building sites for them. But they're the typical template-based, you know, let me plug your logo in here, get a little bit of information. And they do a lot of testimonial harvesting where, you know, it's the same testimonial on all their sites and the same photos on all the sites. Um, We are, I can't say we, my partner Erica is phenomenal when it comes to SEO. Like there's not a company that if we build a site in a town, we're like number one within like a week. Um, the SEO is incredible, and organic SEO, not even paid for. We just include all that SEO, which is not included most of the time when you buy a website. You have to pay extra right. for it, but we include it in the cost of our website. And um, and we have a new guy from Portland, Oregon, who just came on board. We had a few other non-martial art-related construction guy, a kitchen guy, a fence company. So it's exciting. If I could help you in any way, please inbox me and I, I'll do a review on your website and help you get the right website for you. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Allie. Thanks, Dwayne. Hey, have an awesome day. I'll let you know about your Christmas present. I'll find out right away on it. I don't know why you didn't get it. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. All right. Bye.